0: Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Um, This show just kills me, y'all. It just kills me. Uh, we're going to do housekeeping first and foremost. Get that out of the way. Uh, thank you guys so much for just joining me all the time. We are having so much fun over here. Lots in the pipeline. Lot, working on a lot of stuff. Um, support the show. Support the show. Best ways to support the show is scrolling at the bottom of that screen there. You can cash app. Uh, Venmo PayPal Linda is so girly um, and the show really wouldn't happen and I'm just so grateful for all my patreon subscribers so I, I want to shout out a few that have just been ride or die and I appreciate you guys Olivia Vanessa Tricia Sandra Carol Trina Danielle Rebecca Marianne Nia, Raydella, hey girl hey Linda Brianna crystal hey girl hey see you in the live chat um, Nicole, Amanda Jalisa, Dr. Jalisa, Donna over at Anchor FM, and Judy and Beth. I appreciate you guys so very much. Um, guys, I don't know if you've had time, my Patreon subscribers, but that Deontay interview exclusive that we did that I sent out this morning, I hope you had a chance to watch it because it is bananas. And speaking of Dante or Deontay, The Walk of Shame, that's the name of this episode and it's 100% accurate, period. The Walk of Shame. So Nicole's been out for like a week and Dante has caught her, right? He's caught her cheating with her ex, Zach. And I wanna talk a little bit about Zach before we get into all the nonsense. So I'm gonna pop this right up right here. So Zach and Nicole have quite the history y'all and I'm getting this information uh, from Starcasm.net. So shout out to them. But apparently Zach is 27. He's an Army vet. And originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And he posted way back in 2016 that he left the Army, active duty, honorable discharge just because they were he didn't see the way... The army saw things, so he wanted to kind of explore other opportunities. And then he was in Alaska when he was discharged, so he road tripped across the country to get back to Virginia. And then Nicole and Zach got together, and they had a joint Facebook, and this was all... (laughs) from December 2016 until March 2017. And this was after Nicole's arrest, but prior to her sentencing in March of 2017. And so this is one of the last photos they posted to their joint Facebook account. Now, what do you see that's familiar here? Apparently, Nicole knows dudes that just love to like put the rose petals on the ground and the big teddy bears and the big shows of affection. Maybe that's her love language. But uh, so what Deontay and what we've seen Deontay do, it's not new. It's not new, it's it's what she absolutely loves. Um, And so fun fact, whether you knew it or not, Nicole was making adult videos. And according to this article, Nicole and Zach's relationship was at the same time that Nicole was making these adult videos with future Love After Lockup and Life After Lockup star, Lacey Whitlow. It's not known if Zach knew about her occupation, but y'all, you know, Nicole, between the adult videos and the dancing that she's been doing behind bars, she's not new to the, you know, the adult game. And she's not new to like leasing guys for money. Right. And so this is Zach more pictures of Zach and Nicole and their relationship. And she really did love him. So what did you know? Can you believe this? Can you believe this? So what happens? She's all caught with her ex and Deontay flips the F out. And when I say he flips out, he flipped out, you guys. I didn't know that he was capable of getting that mad, honestly. And he's like, do you know who I am, bro? Bro, do you know who I am? I'm her man. Are you, are you though? Are you, Deontay? Are you her man? Because I don't think that's what's going on here. I absolutely do not think that you're her man. Maybe in your mind, you're her man, but in her mind, you're a mark, you're a trick, you're someone that she's, you're her sugar daddy, all the things, but not her man. And so I'm like, listen, I don't understand why we're not seeing the red flags, Deontay, but okay, it's all good. So she tries to say, oh, you know, Zach, I'll explain what's going on to you later. Meanwhile, Deonte is still freaking out. You know what I've been through, all I've done for you? You were res- disrespecting me and you're disrespecting my mama and you just met my mama. Whoa, whoa. And he's and I thought that he was about to start crying. And I think he does start crying a little bit later on. Give me my cell phone. What? You're not gonna give me my cell phone? That's fine. I'll just deactivate it. Then I was like, okay, wait, what? And during this photo, this picture that you're seeing on your screen, Zach knew all about the other guys. And she knew he knew like that's what she was doing. We all knew. In that very first episode of the season, she said who she was. She was online to take guys for their money. So I don't know what part of that that is not getting. I'm still confused. If you guys know, let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the comments below on the replay. I'm just super confused by it. So Deontay's freaking out. Let this MF pay for your boob job. I can't believe it. I can't believe. And then he does something that's super weird to me. He goes to his own car pulls out all the gifts that he spent all his money on for her and throws it on the street. Like that's hurting her. Dante, you spent money on it. If you're throwing it away, that's money that you've already thrown away. And now you're doubly throwing it away because I mean, you might as well just keep it in your trunk for the next trick. That's going to trick you out. Do you see what I'm saying? Like why waste it? You wasted it already. Now you're doubly wasting it. Bizarre. And what does Nicole do after Deontay's like, That's it. I'm out of here. She picks up the stuff that he bought and throws it in the trash. New sneakers, that big fluffy teddy bear, all the things. Because she doesn't really care because she doesn't care about him. So you don't respect that stuff. That's why I was in his trunk still because she's like, whatever. Do you see how Like, I don't understand how he's not seeing this? And in my exclusive with him, you guys, I've asked him all the questions. I asked him all the questions because I, I just don't get it. In his heart, he really thinks that this girl loves him. So, <coughs> it's about, um, Nicole's kind of turned on. She's kind of turned on by the fact that he actually stood up for himself. And she says, it's about time he started acting like that instead of letting me walk all over him, that's why I said that he's a trick. She has no respect for him. She doesn't care about him. She doesn't love him. She loves what he does for her, which is a completely different thing. You can say, oh, I love this person. I love this person. I love this person, but do you, do you love them or do you love the money that he's giving you, the rides that he's giving you, all the things? That's what you love. And you don't want that to stop, but you wanna be able to see the other people that you really do love. And that's Zach, and that's this Tia guy. So after he's thrown all the stuff on the ground and she's thrown it in the trash, trash, what does she do? She still leaves with Zach. And I started laughing. She got in the car, she's like, can we go somewhere? He's like, yeah, we can go somewhere. So all of that was for nothing. Meanwhile, Deontay, I thought was going to crash because he's having a panic attack in his car. He's crying. He's like banging on the wheel. He can't believe it. Really, Deontay, you can't believe it. You can't believe that the girl that's been out of prison for what, like a week? And you've been talking to her and you're her man for a year and a half. But she doesn't want to be intimate with you at all and then come to find out that she has told her mom and her mom's wife that she thinks that Deontay's weird and she's kind of creeped out by him. So like, what, what don't you get, Deontay? I'm, I'm confused. What part do you not understand? Cause it's clear to all of us what's going on here. Why is it not clear to you? And I don't think you're, the roses and hearts in your eyes can be that blinding, because you've been here before. You've been here with, before with your ex-girlfriend, and now what? It's almost like you want to be taken advantage of. You think, I feel like in his mind, somehow, some way, buying girls buys their affection, and it never really works out for him, and it's it's, a, it's not a good look, <clears throat> so. She comes home the next morning. She stayed with Zach. She admits that she slept with them. So she's already cheated, but we knew she cheated because she cheated when she was in prison. Now she's just doing more of what she has been doing. Now, here's the thing that was totally messed up to me though because what has been her excuse, you guys, what has been her excuse for not sleeping with Deontay? Oh, cause it's been four years and I have anxiety. I don't want anyone to touch me. It brings me anxiety. It's too much. Nah, you You know when it's only too much? It's only too much if you don't wanna be with that person. Think about someone that has liked you and you haven't liked them back and they wanna be all affectionate with you. And it, it's a turn off because you're not turned on by them. You're not attracted to them. And so it becomes almost like, oh no, like irritating a little bit. That's what's going on here. It's not that she doesn't, it's not that she has anxiety, all the things, cause it's clear. The first night you see Zach, who's your ex, who you love, and you're attracted to, you sleep with him. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. So, her mom and Jill try to like talk some sense into her. Like, what's wrong with you? If you don't want to be with them, you need to tell them. You don't treat people like that. You think he's strange and you used him and you just took his money and you took his time and you took his love and he thought you loved him back and it's clear that you don't. And then she starts talking about Tia, she talks starts talking about Zach and how dating in the free world is harder because love is simpler, less choices in prison. Really? Really, that's what we're going with, Nicole? That's what we're going with? I just feel like this whole thing is a hot mess. I feel like I can't understand why Deontay can't understand why this is not a good look on him. It's it's confusing to me. It's 100% confusing to me. But that's Deontay. Moving on to Stan and Lisa, you guys, can I just tell you, I, Stan, Okay, here's here's my analysis of Stan. So first of all, he's so 1980s. And he reminds me. Yeah, hi, Anne. Anne said, I was proud of her for not being on Deontay's side. I think she means she was proud of the mom for being on Deontay's side. I think that that's what she's saying. Anyhow, okay, so. Stan cracks me up, and here's why he cracks me up. He's stuck in 1980s. If you guys watch um, 90 Day Fiancé, David from David and Lara and Lana, do you remember that David who lives in Vegas? Those two should be besties because they're the same person. They're both, right? Self-proclaimed millionaires. They both have that same Hugh Hefner weird comb over kind of thing. Their styles, are like super 1980s the whole thing right so they should be besties and they should hang out and they go should go travel in the rv together and travel the world and call it a day that's what i think however instead we see stan like jumping on this 1970s trampoline doing his workout and i don't know who it is i just know she has blonde hair Susan so Summer Summer Susan Summers something. She was on Three's Company. That that's what it reminded me of. She had infomercials, I think, back in the day. And it just reminded me of all of that. Like and that that machine that he had where he was like rolling but standing. Like do they make those anymore? I was like good on you for working out and keeping fit but uh, anyhow he hasn't seen lisa and uh lisa's kicking it at the hotel living her best life okay so she is hanging out she's told her parole officer that she hasn't paroled into the house that she was supposed to parole into And legally, that's what she's supposed to do. But she realizes that the money that she had is running out, right? So if you remember from last week, she said that Stan owed her. owed her for clothes that he's supposed to buy her. owed her a car that he said that he was going to buy her. And owed her for the inconvenience for her deciding that she's going to stay at a hotel instead of at his house. And this fool's going for it. (laughs) Anyhow, she's running out of money. So guess what? She's going to call Stan because she's, she's trying to tell us that she has eight months invested into this relationship. So she's not really trying to just let it die. Just like that. No, you realize you're running out of money. Plus legally, you said you were paroling to this dude's house. So you now have to parole to this dude's house and that's why you're going back. Not for any other reason. Now, I'm asking you guys, and it's a true question, so someone in the live chat or even in the replay, I'm going to need one of you guys to explain it to me. So I understand, and I've talked about how she's been in and out of prison her whole life, right? But I thought that this last bid, wasn't it only 10 months? So I need to know where did she live before she went to prison for 10 months because I don't understand why she's homeless. Like, where's her stuff? She's like 39 years old. Where's her stuff? Is it in storage? Like, how does it work? You just all that you you just go to prison and all your stuff is gone and your home is gone. And you come back and now you are paroling to some dude that you went on a couple of dates with and you met online. Like, how does that work? Where's your family and where's your stuff? Hey Kara, hey girl, hey. Ann says, does anyone else sort of want to see what his basement looks like? Yes, I want to see, but I have a feeling I know exactly what's going on down there. And we'll talk about it in a minute. Hey, Michelle. Hey, girl. Hey. So I need to know where's her stuff. And I need to know what financial decisions she's making because so... You said, or she said, that she had $3,500 that she saved up from her stimulus checks, which is a whole other conversation that I'm not even gonna get into. But the stimulus checks that she got while she was in prison that were supposed to stimulate the economy, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm looking at her, she's got her hair done. She's got her nails done. And I don't know the last time y'all stayed in a hotel, but staying in a hotel, is not like staying in a motel. Hotels are expensive. So I'm just trying to figure out what that financial plan looks like. And like, how how can I be, you just came out of prison. So the taxpayers have been paying for however long, 10 months you've been in prison. Now you saved up this money from the stimulus check. And now nails did, hairs did, everything did, did. Anyhow, Stan shows up and I have to, (laughs) I have to shout out love after lockup meme page because I'm about to show you guys a meme that has been cracking me up all day. So Stan shows up. He's surprised to hear from her. He thought it was over. She thought it was over, but she knew it wasn't over because she needs his money and she also needs to be legally in his house. And I'm still asking y'all where, where's her stuff and where's her place i'm so confused by that he is like sucking up to her saying he doesn't like being alone yeah you don't like being alone and yeah you love her all the things you just want the attention you want to you want to return on your investment you have put all this money into her you want the sex back let's be real seekingarrangement.com your you have your part of the arrangement has not been fulfilled and that is what you're looking for, the return on your investment, period. Because will you keep talking about how you guys have two different lifestyles and you don't know her world and her world is so different, yeah, because she's an inmate. She's a con, conning you. But you're accepting it because you put that money into her and now you want your money. And you want your money in an act that she was supposed to provide through this seeking arrangement.com. So they go to the house, and she's explaining to him on the way home that she's just not a touchy-feely type of person. She wasn't raised like that. She Even in her relationships, her previous marriages, that just wasn't a thing. And again, I'm going to tell you, that is an excuse that people use who are not attracted to you. Just like Nicole says, ooh, it gives me anxiety, don't touch me. She's saying the same thing, oh, the touchy-feelys. It's because you're not attracted to them, you don't want them to to touch you, period. And I need you guys, I need the girls in the chat, even the guys in the chat, everyone in the chat to back me up on that. If you're not attracted to someone and they're all like hugged up on you, it's kind of like just, ugh, get off me, ugh, get off me. It's that, right? And instead of hurting someone's feelings, you're gonna be like, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, I'm not a touchy feely person. These are all lies. You just want the money to keep coming in. That's what I'm watching this show and being, you know, new to it all. I'm starting to see a pattern with the inmates versus the non inmates. And the non inmates are being fleeced, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, goodness. It's crazy. Hey, CVA. So she's not touchy feely. He wants a fresh start with her. They get to the house and they're going to have like a barbecue. Now Stan is a millionaire and I'm confused by all the things Stan does. So Stan, the millionaire has this itty bitty barbecue that he's going to use to do a barbecue in his garage. And they're about to barbecue some steaks. And I, you guys know me, I just, I get distracted by crazy things. I'm looking in the back, like, are you barbecuing the food that you're about to eat in the garage with your trash can right behind you? And then if you look to, like, directly behind him with the clothes and the bucket and the smoke that has nowhere, like, I what what's happening? That's the food you're going to put in your mouth? and i don't understand why that barbecue is like the it's like a baby barbecue is it like is it real and then i couldn't the steaks were like an inch thick and that's why i was confused i was like i even wrote down what are they eating with that tiny barbecue in the garage because it looked like paper like that was not a filet mignon my friends like that was i don't even know it that wasn't even a t-bone steak and says that's worse than a George Foreman grill facts but and since he's stuck in the 80s and i think George Foreman grills are from the 80s that would all just make sense i wouldn't be surprised if he owned a George Foreman grill radella says it's a baby weber and yes it's real and she used to have one well there you go stan obviously takes care of all his things because I've never seen a barbecue that small. Now, um, the other meme that I wanted to show you guys, because I'm stuck on Millionaire Stan. <sighs> so we're about to eat some barbecue and I'm just gonna put this right here. Uh, Love After Lockup memes, that's from their page there on social media. and. I don't know, but the accuracy, though, the accuracy between this and going down to what they call the dungeon and the straitjacket and the chains and the whips that are going on down there. This is 100% accurate. It's 100% accurate. (laughs) All right, God, you guys in live chat are making me laugh. So, they're having this dinner. Now, I won't mention the, the cutlery or the plates. And if you guys watch any of my shows, you already know how I feel about it. But I'm going to say that it was a barbecue, so it's all good. But it's a little confusing to me because if you're trying to create ambiance with the candles and the mini barbecue and the half-inch steak and, like, the asparagus, but you're, like, it's a confuse. Is it supposed to be a romantic ambiance, or is it supposed to be like, "Hey, we're chilling. It's a barbecue." Because I don't know who lights candles at a barbecue, but I—it's I, confusing to me. That's all I'm saying. It's very, very confusing to me. So then I find out that Lisa doesn't know what the word ambiance means, and Lisa also has never had champagne. And so they're gonna decide to have champagne and apparently it doesn't taste good to her and it doesn't taste good to him, which I ha- find hard to believe because Stan is a wine drinker, so. Um, and then he makes this crazy joke about, I wanna walk up your thigh. And she's like, okay, well, let's go to the basement. And I was like, what's happening in the basement? And lo and behold, it's dungeon time with the straight jacket and the whole nine yards, y'all. That's why he's been so angry because when he met her pre-prison, she laid it down and she did all the freaky deaky in the in the dungeon. And that's why he wanted to go to the basement and go to the house and he's getting mad and all the things because she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing and what she promised she would do in the seeking an arrangement, sugar baby, sugar daddy situation. So I can't wait till we go to the bit the basement, because when she pulled out that leather onesie with the straps and the buckles, and then I looked up and there was chains, hey, I was like, oh, so you can be into kink, that's a whole thing, right? It's a whole thing, I ain't mad at it. But like, what else goes on in that dungeon down there that you call the dungeon? Like, I'm gonna need to know immediately if not sooner, what else is going down over there? Hey, Black Shelly. hey girl, hey. <clears throat> she said, oh my, Stan in his dungeon scared me. Listen, Stan has a ton of secrets. Stevie says, she's gonna go dominatrix on Stan and that three, p- <laughs> I cannot with you guys. Um, Moving on to Doug and Rachel. Can I just tell you, can I just tell you guys that this storyline makes me sad. And the only reason it makes me sad is because of Dougie Jr. That's the only reason. Like I, the, the signs that this kid is traumatized by his whole situation, his abandonment issues, all the things. Like when Rachel talked about family therapy, I was like immediately, if not sooner immediately if not sooner and it's so sad to me that this kid the only sense of normalcy he has is through rachel and so when he's in trauma he wants rachel and nobody else and rachel's not even his blood so he's sitting there with the crazy family and the crazy daddy and he doesn't want to talk to any of them he wants to talk to the stranger that took him in because the stranger is the only one that's giving him a sense of normalcy it's it's very sad anyways doug's been out for two days. He's already breaking his parole situation by going to see his crazy family. They're all arguing. Um, Dougie Jr., the kid, because this was confusing to me for a minute until I was like, wait, what? So Dougie Jr., the kid, tells Dougie, Doug, Rachel's Doug, to F off. Doug is arguing with Rachel, his sister. Rachel, um, Crystal wanted, okay, it's all confusing. So he's arguing with Crystal. Crystal's mad because Crystal thinks that the whole taking care of Dougie, the child, they were doing it wrong. And she feels like it's not gonna be a good situation, not only for the kid, but for Rachel as well. Because she says that, She kept calling him Doug Jr. And so I was like, wait, Doug Jr., the little kid? What are you talking about? He lies and he's gonna cheat on you and he's gonna go back to jail. I was like, oh, so they're all Dougs. There's Doug, the dad senior. Then there's Doug who is married to Rachel. Then there's Doug Jr. I feel like there could have been a better way to do that. Doug the first or whatever, the second and the third. Like, can we do it that way? Cause Doug and Dougie junior is junior, but junior is not junior because junior is senior. Like, no. Nah. Anyhow, crystal's mad. Crystal says she knows her brother. She knows her brother is a liar and a cheater. Just give it a little bit. You'll see the real junior. He's going to cheat on you. He's going to do something stupid and he's going to be back in jail in 60 days. Guaranteed he's a dog and he's going to bring you down with him. All the things. Now, You're fat, like she looked cracked out to me. She looked like she was straight like on drugs, straight something going on elsewhere. However, your family knows you and knows your history. And it seemed to me like maybe she's onto something. Maybe Rachel should kind of pay attention to what the family's saying, even though the family seems very, very dysfunctional, but it is what it is. So. She's like, I just wanna get Dougie Jr. out of there. And she's driving home. She's trying to explain to Doug that he has a temper problem. And Doug is trying to blame his son being like too weak, that he cries too much and that they're too easy on him. Well, no, he has abandonment issues. He's seeing you communicate in no way in the love. Cause remember he was just a baby when his dad went to prison and now he's 11 and the dad wants to come in and be all aggressive and assertive and cussing and all the things and he's not used to it. So this poor kid has been abandoned by his criminal dad and he has no mom because his mom is a druggie. He can't stay with the family cause we met the family. The family obviously has substance abuse issues as well. So the, think about how sad this is you guys the woman that you met on a prison website is now taking care of your child because there's no family member. And I guess it's better than going to the system. But to me, I just feel like they need to put a lot of therapy in this kid. And Rachel even said it before they break him, before they ruin him, before they like, Do all the things like we need to, like, reel it back, and you're gonna have to learn how to communicate because just because you gave the sperm and had a baby doesn't make you a father. So, you coming out and he says that he demands respect and he's the adult and he should do, do no, you have never been a real father, so you don't just come in here all you know, demanding and screaming and verbally abusive and think that that's the way to go. And Rachel's like, you're gonna have to learn to communicate with Dougie. The loud, aggressive, demanding respect is not gonna work. Like that cycle has to change or you're going to ruin him. And I 100% agree with her. You've already ruined him. But that little semblance, like she said, that little spark that's left in him, let that be in him. He's 11. He's still a child. He's still a child. And he, I told you guys this last week, and I'm going to say it again, he is showing like, post-traumatic stress from his situation. He is showing abandonment issues. He is showing unchecked, anger issues because he doesn't know from being a child how to express that in a healthy way. The only healthy thing in this kid's life is Rachel. And Rachel has her own issues. So I just feel really, really, really bad for Dougie. I just feel really bad for him. Dougie is 11, emotionally distraught and hyped up on monster energy drinks. He needs help. I didn't notice the energy drinks. I'm going to have to pay attention to that next time. Um, Rachel then goes on to say that Doug Doug Sr., the dad, treats Junior, the son, like an inmate, and that she wants them to go to family therapy. Doug doesn't think they need therapy. They just need more time together as a family. They just need to talk to each other. And therapy is going to be a no-go. No, Doug, you need therapy and you need to go and get some professional help because this right here is not the business. It's just not the business. I'm really worried about this kid. Anyhow, moving on to Anissa and Jeff. I'm just going to start with the meme first because I can't. I can't. I just can't. I just can't. And I'm just gonna pop it up right here. This meme right here, you guys, is so, okay. I'm gonna say this. I'll say this, you guys. I feel bad because I know that I'm being super judgy and it's not not my place to be super judgy. But I just don't understand it. I think that that's what it is. So I'm going to say that as my disclaimer first. And I'm going to apologize for being super judgy. But I I have a hard time with Jeff. I have a hard time with Jeff and the meth faith and the meth, meth mouth. I just have a hard time with it. And every time I see it, I just get, like, super weirded out, cringed out. It's like a, I think it might just be too much for me. But... Jeff is sitting there. He's having a smoke. He tells Kyle about the message he got from his ex-girlfriend. Apparently, he has a son that's 18 years old that he didn't know about. He kind of knew because when he went into prison, you know, 18 years ago, his girlfriend at the time was having a baby. But then the mom called or he called and the mom said, don't ever call here anymore. You're not the baby's daddy. And then 18 years later, he's in the halfway house. He takes a blood test turns out that the 18-year-old is his son. He says all this to Kyle and then tells Kyle, Anissa's best friend, not to tell Anissa. He's gonna tell her in his own time. So Kyle's stuck in an awkward position, but he believes that Anissa deserves you know, to know the truth. I'm not sure why this is a big secret. Like, what? what's the secret? What's the damage? You didn't know you have a son. Now you know you have a son. Hey, guess what? I found out when I was in the halfway house that my ex from 20 years ago had a kid, the kid's mine. What's the big deal? What's the big secret? Why is it, ooh, let me tell her in my own, like, I don't get it. Are you and her planning to have a baby? Are, are you guys pulling an Angela? Because I'm not, I'm not clear exactly on what's going on. So then they cut to his house arrest and his morning routine of coffee, and then working out with a brick, going to play online poker, then coming back to mow the grass, and then do some more workout with a brick. And then the friend comes over, Penny, and I guess they're going to take him shopping because he needs some clothes because he needs to get a job. We find out that he's never had a job in his life. But when he gets a job, he wants to have Gucci pants, I'll just read the quote. I'll read the quote to you guys right here. I'm gonna get my teeth done, which you absolutely need to do 150% because I can't take looking at them. I wanna get a motorcycle and motorcycle is what he absolutely said. And I wanna get me some Gucci pants because apparently pre-prison, Twenty years ago, he used to only wear designer clothes. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. So, you mean to tell me that the drug addict meth teeth? You are only you only worried about designer clothes because that's what you're used to. (laughs) Okay, make it make sense, please, please. But I agree with the order. Like, definitely get your teeth done first and foremost and then get yourself some transportation. Absolutely. And then if there's money left over for Gucci pants, like Black Shelley said, she said, got to have them Gucci pants go ahead and get those Gucci pants. I am just confused by it. That's all, like, confused by it. Anyhow. The thing that's really interesting, you you guys as well, is this, the ankle bracelet thing that they have and how, like, There's so much technology nowadays. I don't understand why these ankle bracelets don't last all day. Do they do it on purpose to make sure that they're at home? So both uh, Jeff and Doug have these ankle bracelets and they're always seeming to plug in. And we saw with this episode that the power went out so Doug was plugged into the car. And even, what's his face? Josh has one of them. What technology that they don't last 24 hours, like even your cell phone lasts all day. I, what What's happening with the ankle bracelets that you just have to literally plug yourself in? I think it's like on purpose. I think it's like, oh, you want to run amok. And we know you're going to run amok because you have this long track record of running amok. So we're just going to shut that down. And every like, I don't know, eight hours, you <laughs> go and plug yourself in somewhere. I'm just, it's very interesting to me. Very, very interesting. And like, what's the technology? Uh, anyways, someone explained to me the ankle bracelet thing and like, what is that technology? And I could probably Google it and I probably would because I'm really interested. I'm fascinated by the fact that it's so. it seems so primitive. It should last like at least 24 hours. Um, moving on to Brittany and Ray. He's one day out of the halfway house. Apparently it's the best sex that she's ever had in her life. Ray is a love maker, like a rain maker. He makes it rain in the bed. Okay. Okay, Brittany. You also probably have had sex the whole time, right? So it's been a minute for both of you. So I'm sure like mind blown for sure, but who am I to say? And I think that they're lying in bed and I think like she's, pleasuring him, which was like, this is too much for me to be seeing right now. But whatever. Grandma's about to stop by. She's about to bring food. And Grandma has some concerns. She has concerns about this relationship. And I am so confused by this as well, you guys. Why is Ray's Grandma so concerned about Brittany and the relationship? Because he's the felon. And I don't understand why she's so like uppity about it, first of all, your grandson is not staying at your own house. Why again is my question, is the felon staying with the person that they met online, that they never even like spent real time in real life together? Why didn't he parole to your house? What's going on at your house that the inmate can't go to the family's house? Like what's happening there? If you're so great and you're so concerned about Brittany, I'm gonna need to know What's happening over there? So, because he's not the prize, she is. Let's just get that straight because she's got a home, she's got a job, she's got a car, and she's not a felon. Anyhow, Ray wants to know when he's gonna meet her family and, you know, get to know them and all kumbaya. And she's like, let's just do your family first because. You know, her family's not feeling him. And I get, I understand it. Her family's like, what's he bringing to the table? He ain't got no job. He's on house arrest. They don't even know that he's on house arrest at her house, which is going to be a whole other thing. And he can't go anywhere. He can only go to the backyard. So that means that she's going to be paying for everything. And that's why I'm so confused why grandmama is so, you should be grateful. That's less bills at your house. The electric's not gonna go up, the, the water, all the things are not gonna go up. And plus the food. Yeah, you're gonna bring some fried chicken over. Are you bringing fried chicken over every single day and you're gonna feed him too? Cause I, I'm just not clear by why she's so concerned about this relationship. So, <clears throat> Ray's a little like offended. Are you hiding me? Are you scared to tell them about me? They don't know about me, why? You know, they should know that we're living together and we can have no secrets between us and we can have no secrets between us and the family because our relationship will fail. Listen, I agree with that. No secrets in a relationship. But I'll tell you this right now. That's not going to be the problem in this relationship. Just throwing it out there right now. That is not going to be the problem in this relationship. The secret part, the family part, that, that ain't it, my friends. So grandma comes over. She's bring brought clothes, fried chicken. She says in her own voice to her own damn self, "I know it's early, but it's okay." Yes, grandma. Whatever you whatever you say. Then she's asking if Brittany's a good cook, if she takes care of you. She appears to be a good woman, but you know she's gonna do some daily check ins to make sure that she's taking care of her grandbaby because you know she's really protective of her grandbaby, and. The grandbaby is the felon, right? He's the prize. So you're gonna do a daily check-in on the woman who's not the felon, who owns her own home, who has her own car and own job, and is willing to pay for your non-working felon grandson? Okay. Um, Grandma wants to know why ray hasn't met her family yet are you ashamed of him yes she is ashamed of him yes she is her parents are upper middle class they want her to do something with her life and they're gonna be upset when she says oh guess what my felon boyfriend who can't work because he's on house arrest for now who just got out of the halfway house who can't Parole to his own family's house is now paroling at my house, and I'm going to be 100% supporting him. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. And yes, she is ashamed because it doesn't make sense. And her parents are going to have questions. And I would have questions too. I would absolutely have questions too. What's the long term plan here? What's the long term goal here? So Brittany handles it like a champ. She's like, you know what? I'm just giving him time to get on his feet um I don't want them to judge him and grandma's like well I don't want them to hurt him he's been through too much well I get it grandma I get it so maybe let's try it Britney's way because Britney knows her family and she knows her family's gonna judge the situation and when you look at it in its totality it's not the best situation like she's not bringing home a prize prize fighter you know what I'm saying and last, and, and I have questions about the, I just have all the questions. This show is so entertaining to me, you guys. All the questions, all the time. So, when, Josh and Courtney, I need to know, you guys, and I don't know if it's American thing, someone needs to tell me what fried soup is. To me, that sounds like an oxymoron. So what is fried soup? How do you make it? What's in it? Somebody, please tell me what fried soup is. But Josh is in the kitchen, 12 days out of prison. He's making fried soup. And Courtney is in her feelings, y'all. And I feel for Courtney. Courtney's been waiting for her man forever. Courtney lost her entire life. She went to prison. She's on Federal probation. She is um, not allowed to socialize with other felons. She did all the things to ruin her life to be with the men that she thought she loved. She'd been waiting to get loved up for years and years and years. They had all the great phone sex while he was behind bars. And they're on day 12, he has to leave on day 14, right? Cause they can't be together cause they're both felons. So they can't live together. They're only quarantining together and they've only had sex three times, not three times a day, just three times in the 12 days that they've been together. And it's making her feel insecure. It's making her feel like he's not attracted to her. He keeps making excuses that he doesn't feel like it. Then he says that he can't get it up no more and she should know because you know she knows that he's turning thirty soon, like next month. I was like, "What? Did I miss a medical announcement that as soon as you turn thirty, all of a sudden you have issues?" <laughs> now. what do I I just need one of my regular viewers to tell me I tell you guys the four things that you have to always talk about before you get in a serious relationship what one thing should they have talked about before they got married by proxy anyone in the live chat anyone watching the replay What's the one thing that clearly they didn't talk about that I tell you guys that is very, very important. It's one of four things that is very, very important. But clearly, Josh and Courtney didn't talk about it. They had all the phone sex that they wanted, but did they actually have the conversation? Yes. Sex. You need to talk about sex before you get in your relationship. Yes, Black Shelly. How much sex is expected? What is healthy to you? may not be healthy to the other person. What do you expect in a relationship? How often do you expect in a relationship? You need to have those real conversations because sex is important in a relationship and it may not be important to your partner. And you're gonna need to know that before you go into a serious relationship with them, period. They didn't have that conversation, Courtney and Josh. So now she's feeling all secure. She's feeling sad, not attracted. She needs more affection, like they talked about, she said. He's like, oh, well, I'm just feeling overwhelmed and uh, living with her is hard because when I was in prison, I didn't have a cellie." Wait, what? Your, your wife, you're comparing your wife to not having a cellmate? And then you're comparing living in, a, I don't know how big they are, two by two, but in a cell to living in a house? Are you? And then, and then to come to find out that he's spending all his time talking to, quote, his dude, and they're just giggling on the phone all the time. And he's calling his prison bays to find out, yo, yo, bay, what's happening in prison? What went down today? Y'all get on lockdown? Did anyone put money in your commissary? What's up? Did Joe head on over to Bob's cell? Oh yeah, what did they talk about? Did they get any new books in the b- prison book sh- store? Is it a bookstore? Library? Who's the new prison li- librarian? Who's the new prison lawyer? Like, what is that like? Okay. Courtney's like, I understand. Like you spend all that time catching up with your prison bays, and you don't want to spend that time talking to me and talking to your wife and getting to know your wife. And she doesn't get it. What's going on in prison that is not going out in the free world? Doesn't get it. She's mad that she gave up everything and she's finally starting to think that maybe just maybe he's taking advantage of her. And so my question to you guys is this, do you think, hey Nia, hey go. hey, hey LOL, she did rush into marriage. Not only did she rushed into marriage, but they had marriage by proxy. So I feel like they should just annul that shit and keep it pushing. So my question to you guys is, do you think Josh actually loves Courtney? Or do you think he was using her? And not only do you think he was using her, do you think that Josh plays for another team or he's just not attracted to Courtney? Let me know in the comments, let me know in the live chat and I will respond to you guys. That's to show you guys, but before we go, you know what we have to do. I play this game and The disclaimer every single time to you guys is it's just a game. I will never, ever, never, ever, never, ever be a real thing. It's just a game. Um, So far, we've had seven, six. This is going to be our seventh inmate bay. You guys are supposed to be the matchmakers, and you're supposed to match me with one of them. You guys haven't liked any of the ones that I've introduced you to. Not any. So... On that note, we're going to try William. So let me get William's picture up. This is William. And he is uh, 32 years old. He's 5'8", 196 pounds, brown hair, black eyes, he was convicted of trafficking. He's uh, got 11 years. He went into prison on, in 2014 and he's expected to be released in 2024. Um, he did have another picture. Let me show it to you real quick. This is his other picture. And he says, hello world. Smile to the sun because we woke up today and, the alone, and that alone is a blessing. Last year took a toll on us and I send my condolences to any and everyone who lost someone. My heart feels for you and your family. As we say on the side of the fence, keep your head up, your chest out and stay strong. He goes on to say, let me start off these new and wonderful relationships by introducing who I am. Uh, he's from San Diego. He enjoys writing poems and spoken word. Music is a big part of his life. R&B holds its heart. Artists like um, a bunch of people. He goes on to say, and this is the last week they say laughter is food for the soul. So having a good sense of humor is a must um, I've been gone since my early twenties and I refuse to let the mistake of my past dictate who I am today. I'm seeking change for the better and a friend to talk with someone who's not judgmental I think I might be out because I've been judging all all episode this episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone who's not judgmental. And then what does he say here? He goes on to say, I refuse to let the mistakes of my past dictate who I am today. Don't be judgmental. Be a friend who will keep it real with me as well as herself. The man upstairs made no mistake. Everybody is beautiful in their own way, regardless of age or looks. Imperfections are what make us perfect. It's what makes us us. One thing for sure, I want better out of life. To achieve better, I must and will surround myself with like-minded individuals so we can sharpen each other both mentally and spiritually and be there for each other emotionally. You know, a true friendship till the end type shit. Okay guys, so that's William. I, none of you are saying anything. Does that mean we don't like William either? Y'all are hard to please. This is this is inmate bay number seven. So are we batting zero for seven for real, for real? Black Shelley said, oh no. I want you to be safe and keep giving us the good content. <laughs> it's just a game though, Black Shelley. It's just a game. Anyways, you guys, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a fun show. I I mean, this show is is off the chain. I'm all about it. I'm all here for it. I definitely have all the questions all the time. And that's okay too, right? But we'll get through it together. Guys, I will be back here at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time talking all things love in the Caribbean. All right, you guys, don't forget to hit that like, thumbs up button. I'll see you guys soon. Bye for now.